Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Hello everyone, this is your old chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly, presenting America's Famous Quiz Kids. We have a lot of interesting questions in store for you today, and also a former quiz kid whom I'll introduce later on. So let's get right down to work, quiz kids. Here's your first question. Listen, judging by his name alone, what delegate to the United Nations could you lo- locate geographically? Now, while you and our listeners are thinking about that one, let's have roll call. So first, we'll start off with Joel. I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 14 years old, and I'm a junior at Roosevelt High School. Patrick? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 13 years old, and in the fall, I'll be a freshman at Calumet High School in Chicago. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 14 years old, and in the fall, I'll be a sophomore at Maine Township High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Harvey? I'm Harvey Deitch. I'm 7 years old. I go to Hibbert School, and I'm in grade 3B. And little Frankie? I'm Frankie Vanderpluck, I'm six years old, and I'm at 1B at the Mount Vernon School, Chicago, Illinois. That's a boy, (laughs) Frankie. Well, have you kids figured out that first question, judging by his name alone, what delegate to the uh, United Nations could you locate geographically? We have three hands up. Pat's hand was first. Well, it might be Warren Austin, because Austin is the capital of Texas. That's a boy. That's the correct answer, Patty. Yes, sir. (laughs) Now our organist, Uncle Lou Webb, is going to help us out with this question, children. If a news commentator used these musical selections as an appropriate background for his newscast, what recent news events would he most likely have been discussing? Here's the first one. That's over the way, so that'd probably be the uh, shipments of United States troops to uh, Korea. Well, that's uh, that's right. Now, wait a minute. Uh, Pat has his Well, it might also be the swimming of the English Channel by uh, Florence Chadwick. That's also correct. Very good. Uh Uh-huh. Now, let's uh, see what this next one lends itself to. Lonnie? Brahms lullaby, which so, is a song to baby, so it'd probably be the birth of Elizabeth's newest baby. That's very good, Lonnie, very good. And uh, now, Uncle Lou, it will play two songs for this last part. What one news item do they bring to mind? Well, that first song was East Side, West Side, or the Sidewalks of New York. Right. And the second song was South is a Border. So? What one news item? Joel, you had your hand up. Oh, I was just on a song title. Oh, Pat? Well, that might be about the Yanks coming to Korea, (laughs) going south of the border. Well, (laughs) that's uh, all right, Pat. I'm thinking of uh, another uh, answer. Uh, Joel? Well, could it be the International Trade Fair that people uh, 
from Mexico are coming uh, to all over Chicago? Well, I'll tell you, you kids are warm, and uh, I'm, going to, I, I'm going to tell you the answer I have on my card. It, uh, those two tunes really suggest the announcement that Mayor William O'Dwyer of New York will resign to accept appointment as the new United States ambassador to Mexico. Yeah. The Senate will probably get this nomination of O'Dwyer from uh, President Truman sometime in September. Well, that's a miss, but then, uh, after all, uh, not exactly a complete miss. Let's go along here to our next question. If you were going to be a modern Tom Sawyer and sail the full length of the Mississippi, what states would you pass on the east and the west? Frankie. On the east side, you might find Minnesota, Wisconsin, yeah. and Illinois, Illinois, and Minnesota. I said that. Well, we're, yes, and you said Kentucky that, yes. Uh, and Tennessee. I thought maybe we were turning around. And Mississippi. The what? And, and there's Mississippi. That's a state. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. And a very good one, too. Yes. yes. And then there's Louisiana. Yes. And on the west side, there's Minnesota. Yes. And Iowa. Iowa. And Missouri. Missouri. And Arkansas. Uh. And Louisiana. <laughs> and Missouri is quite an important state because... President Truman, he's our president, and he came from Missouri. Then <laughs> he did, Frankie. Yes, sir. Betchen, I just hope that all the folks in the state of Missouri are listening this afternoon, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That was very, very good for a little six-year-old boy. I, I think that was uh, tremendous. Now, recently, Time Magazine published a list of 26 dates as the most important dates in world history. I'm going to give you children three of the dates, and you are to try to tell me what important event occurred in each of them. Now, uh, first, the year 476 is significant for what? Joel. Well, that was the capture of Rome by the barbarians. Right. Uh-huh. Why is 1453 significant? Well, I think that was the fall of Constantinople. It certainly was. Uh huh. What important event took place in 1588? Pat. Well, uh, Drake destroyed the Spanish Armada. Right. That's correct. Now, look. uh, I mean, listen. Beginning with the uh, French Revolution, what dates do you think should be included in the list of most important dates in world history, Joel? Well, in 1789. French Revolution, of course. That's how we're starting. Uh, and this is my opinion, of course. All right, in 1848, uh, uh, there'd be the revolutions all over Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, uh, in 1870, the Franco-Prussian War. Oh, yes. Oh, I think. In 1837, going back a little, the uh, freeing of the slaves in the British Empire. Uh-huh. And uh, in, uh, let's see, 1882, the uh, alliance. Yes, the Triple Alliance. Right. And uh, 1907, the Triple Entente. Yes. And, uh, let's see, ninth, uh, well, 1914, the beginning of the World War. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let's see, uh, 1919, the uh, 14 points. 
and uh, 1939, the uh, invasion of uh, Manch and the invasion of Poland by uh, Germany, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, 1945, the first atom bomb. Well, say, those are all very, very important, Joel. Uh-huh. And Pat, have you Well, uh, Joel certainly didn't leave much to be sad. No. But I can remember the uh, Louisiana Purchase in 1803 uh -huh. and the Civil War, of course. I don't think Joel mentioned that in 1860. No, he didn't. That's right. And Lonnie? Also, 1898, the Spanish-American War. And I think that the uh, formation of the League of Nations, of course, Joel mentioned the 14 points. Yes. Uh-huh. All right, kids will say you certainly... You came uh, out of that uh, with flying colors now. I think it's about time to have a little uh, recess, and I'll tell you what. I think we should all be interested in hearing about Quiz Kid Harvey's exciting week. You know, friends, little Harvey spent several days in Philadelphia as the guest of Mr. Frank Weiner, the Philadelphia Zoological Gardens and radio station WPTZ. He, Harvey was there especially to see the new novel Birdhouse, and uh, he appeared on several radio programs, even gave a talk to the birds, or I mean on birds, pardon me, Harvey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I think it'd be better to have Harvey tell us all about it. How about that, Harvey? Okay. Well, we're, 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 when we reached that, we flew to, to Philadelphia, and we reached the airport over at Philadelphia. Uh, we, we, I, uh, Mr. Frank Weiner there was... There to greet me, and, uh -huh. and Pandora, the trained chimpanzee. Then, oh. then after that, we had Tell our. Tell me, did police... Pandora shake hands with you? Yeah. Oh well, what do you know about that? All right, continue. Then, then we had a police escort all the way to the to the mayor's hall there. Wow. And, and then we went the next that night. We went over to 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 the uh. Ball game oh, to the see ball, the Phillies. Ball game, uh-huh. Phillies. I went down to the dugout and, oh, and you talked did. To, to the dugout, Andy huh? Simonek and Joe Simmons. Well, what do you know about that? And uh, what else now? And th th then next day he went to we went to the zoo. There, there, there I, I, I called Jimmy the hippopotamus up. Oh. And I, I, call, I what do you mean you called him up? Yeah, it's out of the water. Huh? Oh, I see. <laughs> I thought there was a telephone connection there. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> and and then then we went. Then we I fed the seals. You we, fed the seals. Mm -hmm. the, 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 then we went to the birdhouse. Or the birds aren't caged in there. And and, and the, but they still stay in their place because it's just like their national habitat. Oh well, isn't that interesting? And. Uh, and what you said about talking to the birds. Yeah. Well, one bird I did talk to, to, and that was the minor bird there. The minor bird. So uh -huh. you talked to it. Well, yeah, what he was talked it? back. He talked back. <laughs> what did he say? He, he said, hi, Joe. He did? <laughs> yeah. Well. His name was Joe, in fact. Huh? His name was Joe. Oh, now, Harvey, was it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he wasn't an old bird like me, though, I bet. <laughs> well, say, by the way, do you notice anything today, uh, Harvey? I, uh, well, uh, folks, uh, Harvey brought uh, back uh, a tie for uh, a yeah. teacher. Yeah, the old sea critter. Kelly Green with a black uh, background. And, Harvey, I'm just so thrilled with this, and Mrs. Kelly likes it, too. 
And she said, you better wear that today so Harvey can see it, see? Mm -hmm. So it looks pretty nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, well we, we, then, then we went to the reptile house. Oh, you did? There, yeah. I had a snake round around my neck. A snake? Mm -hmm. What kind? Like, I, I think, I'm not sure. I think it was king snake. Oh, dear, dear. <clears throat> well, and uh, so then, then you finally wiggled out of that, I suppose. We yeah. had a turtle ride, too. A turtle ride? Mm-hmm. You mean all the great big uh, tortoise like? Or? Yeah. Too bad I couldn't get get the fast moving one there. He he was inside the house sleeping, but the the slow there was out. Oh, so you got the real slow one, huh? Yeah. Well, that's the no worry way, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Well, Harvey, uh, that is that about all that you want to say? And, and uh, almost. Oh yes. Sir. <laughs> I thought there was something yeah, else. Yeah, well, well, then, we, then we went, we went on the tr on the trip home. It was kind of bumpy. Kind of bumpy. Mm-hmm. Going oh. down, you know, over the hills and everything. Oh, you mean up in the air, mm -hmm. the air hills? I get it. Yes. Uh huh. And who who took you down? Who went down with you? Uh huh. What do you mean? Who went down with me? Well, who went down to Philadelphia and back? Who took you down there? Mm -hmm. To Philadelphia? Well, well, the pilot, of course. Well, I know, but... Uh, <laughs> I know, but who, who beside the pilot? Who, who brought you from home? Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, that was Mr. Frank Wiener. No, I mean before you uh, got down there from Chicago. Huh? Who, who brought you from home here in Chicago? My, my mom. Your mom, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a fine time, and I'm glad your mother went along with you, too. I'll bet she enjoyed herself. Now, shall we go along with more questions, Harvey, or do you have anything else? No, no, I don't think so. All right, fine. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again for the tie. I, I like it very, very much. My You're favorite welcome. color, huh? You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> well, now back to more questions. Uh, now that the canning season is here... Let's suppose that a housewife went to the grocer and bought some peaches for $2.50. If the grocer had given her 10 peaches more for the same money, the peaches would have been 10 cents a dozen cheaper. Now then, how many peaches did she buy and what was the price per dozen? Joel? Well, letting X equal the amount of peaches she got, yes, then uh, you'd have uh, the price per dozen would be 250 over x over 12, <coughs> or uh, 3,000 over x. Yes. So uh, then you could have in the equation 3,000 over x equals uh, 3,000 over x plus 10, the uh, fraction uh, plus uh, 10, which would be the difference in price per dozen. That's what I say. Yes. And uh, uh, multiplying out. You uh, get the 3,000 extras cancel out, yeah. so you get uh, 30,000 equals uh, 10x squared plus 100x, mm -hmm. or uh, 3,000 equals x squared plus 10x, so x squared plus 10x minus 3,000 equals zero. So if the x plus 60 times x minus 50 uh, in parentheses equals zero, so uh, x equals 50, 
so uh, she got uh, 50 peaches. That's right, so, 50 peaches. And uh, so the price per peach would be 5 cents, and the price per dozen would be 60 cents. And a boy, Joel, that's fine. Oh, that's fine and dandy. That's, that's wonderful, Joel. It certainly is. Um, now then, we're going to try something different uh, on this Shakespeare question, kid. You must identify the following quotations and the character speaking. But instead of reading the quotation correctly, I'm going to read it backwards. That ought to be very difficult and confusing, not only to you and all of our listeners, but to me, too. <clears throat> All right, now this first one is an easy one just to get you children started. Question, the is that, be to not, or be to? Lonnie? Well, that's to be or not to be. That is a question from Hamlet. I'm not sure who said it. I believe Hamlet himself said it. That's right, Hamlet himself. Uh-huh. All right, now here's, uh, here's the next one. Hand little this sweet knot. Will Arabia of perfumes the all? Sounds silly, doesn't it, Pat? Well, uh, Lady Macbeth said it, and it's kind of long for me to translate from front to back now, but Lady Macbeth said that in Macbeth. That's right, and, and uh, you couldn't tell me... Just... Well, all the uh, perfumes of Arabia not sweeten this little hand. That's, that's right. Uh-huh. And now here is the last one. Sweet a smell would name other any by rose a call we which that name a in what? <laughs> Lonnie. Well, I'm not sure who said it to who, but the quotation is from Romeo and Juliet. That's right. And uh, Joel? Uh, Juliet said it to Romeo. Uh, yes. No, if he said it to the uh, moon sword to well, speak, uh, he was listening to Romeo. Though. So can you... Uh, a uh, rose by any other name would smell so sweet. Uh, well, it starts out with the... Uh, I read it backwards there. What's in a name? That which we call a rose. Uh, yeah, that's all right. That's good enough for me. Now, uh, by the way, an old friend of ours is celebrating its 30th birthday this week. The Quiz Kids and I send our very best wishes to radio station WWJ, uh, NBC's affiliate in Detroit, Michigan. Now, just think of it, folks. 30 years on the air, serving our Moser City friends. So, happy birthday, WWJ in Detroit, and many, many happy returns of the day. Well, say, now here is a question. Uh, in what unusual ways do the sea hedgehog, the deep sea eel, and the coral fish protect themselves? Harvey. Well, the, the deep sea, the the deep sea eel eel ha, has a double row of fins and can cut another fish in half with that. Oh yes. And and then and then the deep then the sea hedgehog when another fish swallows it it and it's in an uncomfortable position in the fish's mouth it blows itself up and 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 then the the, the quills like uh, like sticks through the, the fish's body peers and peers through the skin and calmly swims out yeah. then the coral fish it has it, it, something like the 
Like the deep sea eel has, mm, has only one set of fins, though, and w when it rubs it on another fish, it poisons it because it has a poisonous pair of fins. That's very, very good, Harvey. You bet. There really isn't anything more to add. No, sir. Now, then, uh, I'm sure you quiz kids and our listeners, too, will be as interested in our guest pianist as in this question. He's a former quiz kid, and before he moved to New York, appeared on our program often. He was only eight years old then. Now he's 14 and has continued to add to his reputation as a pianist. He returned to Chicago not only to appear on our program, but also to play a piano concert from the central event stage of the Great Chicago Fair. And I'm sure you will be glad to hear again Shelley Davis. <laughs> well, how does it seem to be back in the Quiz Kids classroom, Shelley? Fine. This is one of the classrooms I've really missed in New York. Well, we're mighty happy to have you with us. And now, kids, here's the question. It combines symphonies and uh, baseball. If each of the following symphonies Shelley will play was named for the baseball team that held the same position in the league standings as the number of the symphony itself, what might be the name of the symphony? Now, for instance, if Shelley played Brahms' uh, symphony number four in E minor, it might be called the Red Sox Symphony or the Cardinals Symphony, uh, since those teams are in fourth place in the American and National Leagues. Now, you catch on to the idea? All right, here we go. Now, Shelley, play the first one. Lonnie? That's the symphony number six in B minor, the first one by Tchaikovsky. Right. And the sixth place teams at the present time are the Chicago Cubs in the National League and the Chicago White Sox in the American League. That's the boy, that's the idea. Uh-huh. All right, Shelley, let's have number two. Lonnie? That's the opening of the symphony number three in E-flat major, the Eroica Symphony by Beethoven. Right. And the third place teams right now are, let's see, Boston in the National League and New York in the American League. That's very, very good, Lonnie. Very good. <laughs> and here's the last one. That's uh, Schubert's Eighth Symphony uh, in B minor. Right. And the eighth place uh, teams are the uh, Philadelphia Athletics in the uh, American League yeah. and the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates in the National League. That's right. Very, very good. Very good. That was a dandy question. Now, say, Shelley, as long as we have you at the piano now, young man, why don't you play a whole piece for us, huh? Well, I'll be glad to, and uh, if it's all right with you, since this is a Christmas program, I'd like to play Dr. Gladys Adparnassum from WC's Children's Corner Suite. Oh, excellent. And as you quiz kids know, that isn't as youthful as it sounds. Go right ahead, Shelley. 
Thank you very much, Shelley Davis. That was really wonderful. You know, it's so nice to have the former quiz kids come back from time to time so we can see how they're getting along. Uh, be sure to say hello to your brother, your mother, and dad for all of us. Now then, kids, uh, we're going to have uh, lots of fun with this one. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, you see, I cooked this one up especially for our all-boy board since we don't have any girls around to kid us about we're going to have a little practical test in cooking to see whether any of you boys would make good chefs. Now, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I have a real good recipe here for an angel food cake. And, of course, you all know that the most important part of making an angel food cake is separating the eggs, that is, the whites from the yolks. Now, I will give you, each of you, two dishes and three eggs. And when I say go, we are going to see who can separate their eggs first. But now, wait just a minute. Maybe you little fellows haven't seen your mothers separate yolks from whites. So, uh, uh, the chief quiz is going to try and, and show you. Uh, I have never done this before. As you will probably uh, see, and anything can happen, and, uh, well, let's, uh, let's see now. <laughs> Don't go anybody. I mean, you better stand back uh, a little bit. There might be a slight spray. 
I thought at first this was a hard-boiled egg. Somebody played a joke on me. Well, now, you, you see, here's what you do, kids. There's abs... There is a... Our, uh, the, uh... Well, say, I'm not doing so good. Um, 